Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriella Bach, and today I'll be speaking with my very special guest, Adila Hussein Johnson. Adila is the president of BASE, an on-the-go lifestyle brand for people in motion. Founded in 2018 by actress and entrepreneur Shay Mitchell, BASE offers consumers thoughtfully designed accessories that will never ask you to compromise between form and function. Adila's 20-year career in finance, business, brand marketing, and merchandising ranges from large Fortune 50 companies like Target and Ameriprise Financial to pre-revenue startups. Adila, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Gabrielle. I really appreciate that and the kind introduction. Absolutely. And we're super excited to have you on the show. Base is, I, I think, definitely a kind of a rising star right now. And, you know, for anyone who might not have heard of Base before, can you kind of kick us off a little bit about sharing who Base is as a brand and kind of the story behind it? Yeah, of course. This is like one of the best, best parts of what I get to do is tell this story. <laughs> um, so Base, yeah, as you mentioned, was founded in 2018, I, um, our parent company, Beach House Group, is an incubator of brands. And one of the founders who's uh, relatively well-connected had a personal relationship with Shay. And we were in the business of product and we, we could do product really well. And specifically in the luggage bag and accessory marketplace. And Shay had already, at the time in her life, established herself as an expert in the travel space through her personal YouTube platform, Shaycation. And so when we kind of, the brains came together, it was such a natural synergy, so authentic to who she is, completely leveraged our expertise as an organization and brought the two kind of brains together to create what is now base. We got, we're celebrating our four-year anniversary this year, and it's kind of pinch-worthy to look back and think about that first meeting in like July of 2019 and think about what we were hoping and dreaming this brand would be. We always knew it would be a bag, travel bag or an on-the-go bag and accessory brand, but it's just become so much more. It's a lifestyle brand. It's a brand that people look to for inspiration. Um, Shay is such, again, so authentic in this space and really knows the market, knows the product, knows trend, and knows how to speak to the consumer in a way that has given us this remarkable platform. So we're so excited because again, we're coming into year four. We've uh, weathered a lot of storms, as I'm sure a lot of organizations have had to do over the course of the last couple of years. But as we look forward, we we see ourselves as wanting to be the on-the-go brand for people who are on the go. Um, and that could mean going to the gym, that could mean going to work, that could mean taking your baby to the grocery store, but that could also mean getting on a plane. I mean, we don't, we don't feel like travel is limited to just kind of airplane travel because you're traveling every time you're moving. And so how do we as a company create solutions to help make that journey a little less stressful and a little bit more organized and a little bit more fashionable? Excellent. A great description. And, you know, kind of from those early days, so were you and Shay kind of friends or had you been colleagues before in the past? How did you guys come to kind of working together? Yeah, no, I did not um, know Shay outside of her like public notoriety. I didn't know her personally at all. We, again, she was kind of connected um, through Sean Neff, who is one of our founders. They were, they were friends outside of kind of the work environment. And I think when she presented 
she's she though she's an amazing actress has always expressed an interest in being an entrepreneur um, mm-hmm. and, and building a brand that is super meaningful to her. And now, now she's got two. And so when they had had that conversation and Sean kind of talked about the company he founded and she talked about kind of the things that she loved, it just made sense for the two of us to build a brand together. And I was with the organization helping run several categories and brands that they had before. And um, this is an area that I was, I had expertise in myself and and like Shay and I hit it off right away. It was a very like natural relationship. We get along really well. We work together incredibly well. And I think one of the reasons is we have very complementary skill sets. I'm incredibly strong in like the financial and accounting and ops side of the business. And she's kind of the marketing and visionary guru. And so it's, it, you know, it comes together really well. And we're able to build both the brand and the team who are really kind of, you know, the the heroes of the story um, to help drive this business forward over the last several years. And it's, it was just, it, it worked out really nicely because we got along, but we also had the, this amazing professional relationship that was able to nourish this great brand. That's fantastic. It sounds like the two of you really um, complement each other well and, and both bring, you know, incredibly important, different strengths to the table. Um, Absolutely. So that's fantastic. And you mentioned that, you know, Base is a, a lifestyle brand for the on-the-go the on lifestyle. So who would you say kind of your core customers are? Yeah, so we're predominantly, our core customers are predominantly female or female purchasing as far as we can see, um, you know, close to 86% to 90%. We've actually, that number has gone down over the course of the last year and a half. Um, which is pretty indicative to me of, of the direction of our portfolio and our assortment, just having a little bit more um, mm-hmm. gender kind of broader, broader um, gender appealing items and styles. 42% are aged 25 to 34. So kind of those prime um, millennial years. And that is our core consumer. We are starting to see some pretty meaningful growth in in like the demographics on both ends of that spectrum, mm-hmm. right on the outside of the deviation. And, and to me, that's, again, very meaningful of, of the way we think about our brand. You know, yes, I think we're all used to kind of thinking about demographics in terms of like this age to this age, but we really approach like the way like we like to think about it from an internal perspective or what are the psychographics? Because, you know, I'm, outside of that age threshold, but I think a certain way and I act a certain way and I might purchase a certain way that would make me similar to people in that age demographic or interested in certain brands that exude certain lifestyles or certain interests or values. And as we do that, and as we look at that, we start to see kind of a melding of different age groups um, and different genders and different people um, very much appealed to our brand and interested in the brand. And that's a very exciting position for us to be in as we grow, um, because that's one of our core strategic priorities is to expand our audience and appeal to a wider group of people. As you are studying your customers and, you know, what their their wants and their desires are right now, are you seeing any big trends that you're kind of keeping top of mind? Oh, that's such a funny question because I feel like every week it's something new. <laughs> um, so I think the only trend is it's an ever-changing trend. Um, you know, it's and and consumers consumer behavior hasn't changed dramatically in terms of you know things that they're interested in and things that they want out of companies. I think we've been hearing a lot of the things um, for some time now about people people are looking to brands that 
replicate values that they hold. And I think that mm -hmm. still is true. I think the way people are receiving information is very different now um, than, you know, I, I came from Target previously, which is very traditional brick and mortar. And, and that wasn't that long ago. And and purchasing behavior, modes of purchasing, the way people purchase is so dramatically different. Just um, the juxtaposition of being in such a heavy brick and mortar company to being a 95% D to C organization kind of is indicative of that, you know, in mm -hmm. the way people want to be able to experience and purchase and interact with the brands that they love through every channel that they interact in. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to invest in those channels and understand them. And I, you know, social media tends to be, I think the way we receive a lot of that information, one through the, just the direct relation, one-on-one -on -one relationship with our consumer. Our consumer is incredibly engaged, um, which is wonderful because we get so much information from what she tells us she wants. And we can take that information and either create product or create strategies or or kind of tweak things that we're already doing because she's super vocal with us and we love that. Um, but we also see it in the way people are behaving and the things that she's responding to and, and how the commentary on products go or what does well and what doesn't. And mm -hmm. so, yes, I think, I think it, in short, trends are incredibly short-lived these days, right? So you have to be super astute to what's happening just in the marketplace to be able to speak in the language that our consumer is speaking, which changes just as frequently. But the things that they care about and things that I think the core consumer cares about are pretty fundamental and in sync with who we are as a brand. And so that doesn't change every day. Um, it's just kind of the way we might communicate it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, great points on, on trends and, and the trend cycles are so incredibly short right now. <laughs> so short. <laughs> and you did mention, you know, people are looking to brands that share the same values that they hold. So yeah. what, what would you say are some of the kind of core values of base? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we were in, it, it, it's very interesting you ask this because I think um, the world of like company, life, brand have just kind of all mingled together where there was such clear lines between what companies say and don't say what you say mm -hmm. and don't say at work what you do and don't say in your friend group and I think you know if it's if it's COVID or if it's um, just life or just the the kind of the marketplace and the way people again are receiving and exuding information I'm not sure which one or if it's a compilation of all of them but it definitely feels like the lines have blurred and people do expect companies to have a voice and do expect companies to speak up on matters that traditionally they wouldn't have or mm -hmm. taken positions on in traditional things that, you know, companies wouldn't speak about with their employees. And I think that that we we've always been very authentic and transparent from the start. Um, I think one of the first videos we ever released was kind of a behind the scenes of how we make product and how we developed ourselves as a brand. And that was always very important to us as a company, for many reasons. One, I think Shay and I are both just innately like that as people. Um, Shay's very much like that, even on her own social platform. So people have come to expect that from her. But I also think it's incredibly important because that's what consumers are expecting. Mm -hmm. They want to know about those values. And so for us, it's authenticity, transparency, and really in, in terms of value, it's showing consumers ways that you can, you know, ha have it all in so many ways. Like you can, you don't have to compromise, you can have it all. And I think that is the way we kind of approach some of our messaging. We also don't like to take ourselves too seriously. You know, we're in, um, we're in a world of, of a product that isn't 
it's not going to, you know, change the world, right? Like people, it's not curing cancer. It's not. So yes, we, we do something very serious and we love what we do and we absolutely love our brand, but we can also poke fun of ourselves and we can also just be a little like hearty and cheerful and a little cheeky, often more cheeky than, than people would expect from a brand, <laughs> but that's our voice. And that's kind of, I, I think, again, one of the reasons our consumers interact so, so much with us is because we are always kind of showcasing the, that style and those values in different ways. You know, when, when the um, transparency around the makeup of employees, I think it was called the pull-up trend, like, yeah, we, we responded and we shared. And when it came to COVID, like we repurposed resources to create masks and we spoke about it. And when it came to um, the challenges that we were facing as a, as a world, and we are still facing today on racial injustices and civil injustices, we speak up. And so I think as a company, again, traditionally, you probably wouldn't have done that, but in the world that we live in today, I think people, we have to, and I think people have come to expect it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, great points. And especially with, you know, not only kind of outwardly and publicly sharing the same values, but then to your point about really kind of walking the walk, talking that like not just talking the talk, but, you know, really being um, authentic and transparent. It's so important right now, especially now that, you know, the everyday person really has a platform to kind of amplify their voice. And so we're really seeing, yeah, just so many brands are kind of, you know, on the public chopping block right now. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. really being authentic. As a leader of a brand, like sometimes that makes you so nervous, right? Because you're like, oh my God, like you just, everything that comes out, you have to think like, what if this was just splashed on the front of like every social media? But I think if you hire the right people and the right team that understand your values, exude your values and speak your values, your brand stands for what it is. And you have that authenticity that's innately and intrinsically weaved through everything you do. There isn't really anything to hide from. Um, And I think that is the beauty of one being a startup and one joining an organization kind of at the bottom, you know, right when it starts, you you can help build that and shape that. And I think that's been the really exciting thing for both Shay and I is that we've been able to kind of help shape that and that the consumer does, does a lot of it for us as well. But um, we kind of just built a brand based on like what we think was right, you know, and I think that people appreciate that. I love it. Um, And it sounds like, you know, you guys have a great team and, you know, speaking of, of teams, I did want to hear a little bit about your creative team and, no. you know, kind of what, what your creative team looks like. And then also, you know, how you are kind of working to, you know, make sure that you're not only offering consumers a unique product, but then, you know, marketing it in ways that stand out from the competition. Yeah. So everything, our creative team is remarkable, um, indicative through the, just the amazing content that we're always creating. Um, but it is all done in-house. So everything is in the creative department is headed by our visionary, Shay. She is mm-hmm. kind of, the, she helms, she's the head of that department and everyone kind of works with her incredibly closely. And then Liz Money, who's the VP of our brand and creative, she's kind of a genius and she can take Shay's vision and create mood boards like you've never seen before and execute a photo shoot that brings the entire thing to life like mm-hmm. seamlessly. But part of what I think is, is super important to us as a brand is that our content is always forward. You know, it's always pushing the needle a little bit. And we want to be a brand that 
again, our whole story is, we, you know, you don't have to compromise between form, function, and fashion. Like you can get it all. Um, and we want our content to be aspirational, but be attainable. We want it mm-hmm. to kind of feel like it's a little bit of a dream, but also feel like you can get there and, and you, you will get there because that's, you know, what's, that's, what's going to happen. And we want that, we want that to come across. We have very editorial type images that we take, but then we also do a ton of photo shoots with the iPhone, you know? And so it's gotta be a little bit of everything. Cause that's, again, that's our consumer. You know, our consumer isn't just like a one trick pony and, and we, our brand is not a one trick pony. And we have to speak to our consumers in the same way that we see our brand, that it can meet many different needs and it can speak to the consumer in many different ways. So all of our content is really intended to bring our brand to life, bring our story to life, bring our product to life. We know product photography and functional kind of videos like Shay's walkthroughs that have always done so well for us are the best performing content that we do because at the end of the day, consumers, when they're wanting to buy a product, they want to know what that product does. Mm -hmm. But when they want to buy into a brand and they want to feel like they are buying into a lifestyle, which is what any brand dreams of, then they want that aspiration. And then they want to feel like, you know, they're looking at an editorial, like, runway-esque type book. Like that's what you kind of want to exude, I think, as a brand. And so we get to do both and we we do them all, I think, really well. You know, our content team is remarkable. And again, Shay has such a good sense of what people will respond to and just such a great eye. And so it's it's kind of, it's amazing to watch. It's like watching as a designer, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same concept. And that's how we approach content. And one of the biggest things I think we've learned is newness is so important. You know, we do a photo shoot almost every single month, sometimes multiple. And it, it sounds crazy and it's certainly a very big investment of time and resources, but it's worth it because again, like we talked about, trends are fast and they're fast paced and they're changing. And so if you want to stay relevant, you can't then have your content not speaking that same language. Um, so it's incredibly important that our content is aligned with, again, consumer behavior and consumer trends. Oh my gosh. I, I absolutely love it. I love the approach. Um, you know, retail as a media channel, we're, we're seeing it more and more, but you know, th- those are really the brands I think that are exciting consumers the most. And, yeah. you know, to your point, making it very like aspirational, you know, I could picture myself being, you know, plucked up and, you know, placed right into that spread or into that yep. video, but then also using standard tools like the iPhone where it's like, okay, like, but I can also relate to this. And like, here's how it would appear if like, you know, I myself as the everyday person was walking around with it or traveling with it or capturing it on my own iPhone, doing my own like little travel shoots on my Instagram or anything like that. So I think that's really cool. And I think the other thing we've learned, and we learned this um, quite, quite like meaningfully in the last several years, and, and very different, I think, on how we maybe even approached it before then is every channel content is different because people, when they are on different channels and different mediums, they receive information differently. They expect to see it differently. They respond differently. What works on a paid ad won't work on social and what works on social won't work on TikTok Mm -hmm. and, you know, and won't work on email or your website. So 
it's really approaching content with kind of the end in mind, you know, is like, what is this going to be used for? And how do we create content that's relevant to that channel? Um, from a business strategy is really important because that's what helps deliver your ROI. And that's what makes it a sound business strategy. It makes sense to then be investing as many resources as we do in content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely not a one size fits all, even just Definitely with video, um, which is something we're learning here as we are trying to move into TikTok. And, yeah. um, you know, some of our videos that we've made for YouTube, where even if you just kind of reformat it a little bit, it's like, no, like nobody on TikTok would even find this remotely <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> interesting, but on YouTube, it performs well. So yeah, Absolutely. just really understanding those nuances. Yep. So I did, I watched an old video, I think kind of when the brand was just kind of starting up where Shay was, um, she was kind of smearing makeup onto travel bags. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And seeing how easy it was to wipe off. And then from that, she kind of determined, okay, like the insides need to be more slick. So does base really does it, do you guys still embody this kind of um, dedication to testing? Oh my gosh. Yes. Ideas? Yeah. So we, we do multiple types of testing, right? We do the traditional testing that happens at the factory level to make sure it's like functional, but then we do what's called use testing and Shay like loves doing this. And if you ever bring her a bag and she doesn't try to smear makeup on it, then like something's wrong. <laughs> so like every single bag has to be makeup resistant. It seems, um, or dirt resistant, right? Because those are two things that happen a lot when you are traveling. Um, but yeah, we use test as much as we can. Like the team, our, our product testers, our fans, um, like when we launched baby, we actually reached out to a ton of moms in this area and said like, Hey, just take this bag. It's a prototype, like test it, give us feedback. And to be honest, like the end product was we very much took that feedback and changed the product. Our first version was far too big. The handles weren't working properly. Right. So it, mm-hmm. it gives us that opportunity to absorb information and, and respond to it in a really meaningful way. And we do, you know, these seasonal seasonal drops. So we have our core portfolio, which is our tried and true. And it's the stuff that's kind of the timeless. And then we have seasonal drops that leverage different materials or patterns or um, new product forms that we're testing. And we get a lot of feedback through those as well, because those you might not have as much time to do kind of consumer testing with, but mm-hmm. we'll launch something because it's a great idea and we have amazing use for it. And sometimes the consumers will tell us, hey, like that was awesome. But next time you do that, put a zipper there. Or next time you do that, you know, the hook should be over here. Or maybe it needs to be bigger. Or maybe it needs to be smaller. And we take all of that. We spend a lot of time reading our reviews, getting cons- customer feedback through Instagram and other channels in which our consumer speaks to us. And taking that and re- and like on a very regular basis, making sure that we're incorporating that into when we renovate product or tweak product or relaunch it at other times. And that's just part of our process. And, sh- and Shay having, she's part of almost every sample review and every sample review, she will do some form of a use test, whether it's like putting Atlas in the baby stopper, like, yeah, pulling it or putting makeup on it or hanging it from somewhere and like hanging her body on it to make sure it can hold it. (laughs) Like all kinds of stuff we've seen. And it's, you know, it's hysterical, but it's also real. Like that's how people, that's what people are going to do. So let's make sure it can function in that way. And our entire team serves kind of as that resource for for the product team. That's fantastic. Um, I love the dedication to testing and, you know, just really listening and incorporating that feedback because, you know, um, customers, they'll, they'll, they really will tell you exactly what they want. Oh yeah. You just have to listen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So I know you guys launched in 2018. And as you mentioned earlier, coming up on your four year yeah. anniversary, congratulations. I did kind of want to touch on the pandemic uh, a little yeah. bit. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a new brand specializing you know, in travel and work bags, how did the pandemic kind of impact your business? And, you know, were there any kind of big lessons learned? Yeah. I mean, I, I challenge anyone to say that it didn't, you know, even if it was just, um, well, one, yes, hundred percent. Our business is in the world of people in motion and the entire world was grounded. So that in itself was just a very jarring kind of realization of which, you know, not many of us on the on the day of lockdown realized the scope and scale. Certainly we didn't, mm. the scope and scale of what this would be and how long it would be and what the kind of implications of it meant. Um, very early on, when I'll even say kind of before pandemic, and again, this kind of goes to the fact that the strategy that we had outlined really early in this brand's kind of inception was why it why I think that helped us kind of weather the storm a little bit. We always knew we didn't want to be a luggage brand. You know, mm -hmm. there are many amazing people in the marketplace that paved the way for luggage as an e-com brand. That is not normal before, you know, even five, six, maybe like 10 years ago, every would say that this category could never live in e-commerce because it's so big, it's so bulky to ship and it was a brick and mortar channel. And, you know, there are definitely brands and we all know them that paved the way to kind of start that relationship with the consumer. And so we rode the coattails and we understood that yes, luggage is very important. And it's certainly a way that people travel, especially on planes, but we always wanted to be more than that. And we didn't launch very intentionally with rollers. Like we launched with mainly shoulder bags and accessories. And that was intentional because we felt like that was a little bit one where more where the white space opportunity was, mm -hmm. but two, more likely what people are using in their day-to-day -day lives. You know, that rollers, yes, but how often are you actually using those every day? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, let's launch with the things that people are going to build that relationship with. And then let's in soon order, you know, within six months, launch the products that are bigger investments and, and will require a little bit more thought. And that was very intentional. And the reason I bring that up is because when COVID hit, we had a little bit of the luxury of having a diverse portfolio that allowed us to pivot our marketing language and our strategy relatively seamlessly to start to speak about products within our portfolio that were doing well, but weren't these kind of heavy plain travel items or even travel items at all. They're items that kind of lived in people's day to day. Like when you take your dog out for a walk or when you take your kid to the store or when you walk around the block, cause nobody could do anything more than that. And here, you know, here are pieces that can answer when you take, which was my life, when you, all your kids are home at school and you have to go from this room to this room and you need something to schlep it from here to there, like the work tote can help you do that. You know, so we really try to figure out like what do cons what are consumers doing right now in their lives and how do we make sure our product is answering the need of how they're living their lives today? And we had the luxury of a diverse portfolio. Second to that, we're a very nimble organization because we're small. So we were able to pivot our future innovation, our supply chain. We could kind of 
be a little bit more thoughtful as like, okay, with everything coming out in the future, let's make sure we have more hands-free options. Let's make sure we have things that are going to provide consumers answers in the way that they're interacting day to day with their lives. And that, that was a kind of our saving grace, you know, in many ways, like we weren't so heavily reliant on rollers. And I think the companies that were really felt, felt that disproportional impact because tr- travel, I mean, until recently really hasn't even had, hadn't seen an insurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, however, having that now that it is kind of picking back up, we're able to capitalize on that growth as well. Yeah, that's really smart, especially with kind of, uh, as you said, you know, pivoting your marketing strategy and really kind of leaning into the idea that, you know, travel isn't, isn't always jet setting to lavish yeah. destination. Um, you know, to your point, sometimes it's traveling around the block with your dog or just traveling from really? one room to another. Um, it, yeah. it is still all travel. It is exactly. um, being on the go. So I think that's brilliant, really Thank cool you. stuff. And I think, yeah, really just kind of testifies to like back to your guys's creative team and being able to, you know, be agile and, you know, really know who your consumers are. And I mean, so many, so many brands felt uh, a lot of pain, um, sadly, during, during the pandemic, but even as a new brand, it sounds like you guys, you know, you're coming on your fifth year now. So I think uh, that's, that's really great. You know, I, so we're coming up on time here. And so I did have just kind of one yeah. final question for you. You guys okay. launched as a D2C brand, and I know you are currently working with um, mm-hmm. a few retail partners. Are there any plans to open yeah. a base flagship or your own stores? Oh, it's interesting you ask that. So we... Um... I would say not in the traditional way. So we're not, you know, probably not going to do the store that's always in this one spot all the time. I don't Mm -hmm. think that um, for our brand necessarily makes sense, but what we have seen um, and did tremendous success, we actually launched our first pop-up at the Grove uh, now a month and a half ago, and it did tremendously well. And it was so amazing to see how excited consumers to be able to interact with our, like in real life, you know, but not mm-hmm. just our brand with this whole experience. And the pop-up gave us this opportunity base motel. It was very interactive. It was very well-branded. Um, it had, you know, it had all the bells and whistles that you would want in, in an experience in an experiential mm-hmm. kind of marketing activation. And I'd say that that to me seems a little bit more realistic in how we would execute, you know, brick and mortar in the more traditional sense of the word. Um, and I think we would look at all, you know, we, we are growing internationally quite meaningfully as well. And recently launched domestic distribution centers in Europe and in Canada to help, um, with some kind of very impactful shipping costs that exist if people from there are buying our product. And so as we think about kind of international expansion, as we think about even domestic growth, you know, can we have retail activations that are kind of in and out that allow the consumer to interact with our brand, deliver an experience that, replicates every other channel and medium that we kind of speak about how our brand is and then kind of jump back out, take some learnings and then do it again in a different way. And so I think that's more likely the way you'll see us bringing the more traditional brick and mortar life to, to, um, to play outside of, of course, the relationships we already have with Nordstrom and Revolve. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, gosh, the, the Grove is just the absolute perfect it was the place dream. for a pop-up. <laughs> it was a dream. It was quite literally like the dream. And I, re- I remember when I saw it and I know Shay and the team, the team that executed this, um, they were, I mean, they're just geniuses and led by Liz. And I know she quite literally cried, right? When she saw it, it was oh. like this very emotional, visceral reaction. Cause she was like, oh my God, this is just like, it's everything we ever dreamed of. And it really, really was it. And consumers responded in that way. And that was super encouraging to see. Cause you just never know, you know, if, you know, when you're in such heavily e-com brand, you don't know how it will always translate. And it, it just, it was seamless. Amazing. That sounds like, um, you know, just being able to see kind of everything that you've worked so hard on um, come to life and see consumers in real time in physicality, getting yeah. excited over the products and the brand. I'm sure it was just oh, um, so an amazing moment. Yeah, very, very motivating. Keeps us going for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Adila, I really appreciate your time today. Um, and thank you so much for sharing with us more on base. And I'm excited to continue to watch your guys' growth. Thank you. And thanks for this platform to talk through it. And um, we look forward to kind of following you as well. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.